0: Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Alm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer. Monique
1: Hom. Hi, I'm Monique Hom. I'm the host of the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm live here at FinCon 2022. And I'm so excited to be doing this live interview here with Patrice Washington, who is the host of the Redefining Wealth podcast. And she's also one of the stars of the new PBS show, Opportunity Knox, which we're going to find out all about in today's <laughs> podcast. It's a, a new reality TV series helping families mm-hmm. get out of struggle and get into wealth. And I'm so excited. One of our missions here is to help women and families get to financial freedom. But yeah. before you can get there, sometimes you're just on the bathroom floor. Oh, yes. Um, You know, <laughs> crying like financial freedom feels so far away when you're just trying to figure out how you pay your bills. Exactly. You so I would love it. You would just start like just share a little bit about your story and how you got hmm. started even talking mm-hmm. about money and wealth building. And
2: yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. What a lot of people don't know is that I I actually got started in real estate first. So many people know me as America's money maven, but rarely do they hear that I actually was introduced to real estate at 19 years old. I became a real estate and mortgage broker at 21, turning 22 years old in Southern California. And that was what really piqued my interest in personal finance as a whole, because I was starting to help people who were twice my age and knew less than I did. And I was like, Okay. Well, you don't know basic things, but you're looking to buy a home. So I became fascinated with like researching what it takes to really build your credit or pay off debt and save. And in the process, I started to try to help my friends while I was in college. They weren't listening, but I tried. And then I just grew the business by getting out in Southern California and educating. So that business grew to become a seven figure business by the time I was 25. Amazing. Yeah. Praise God. But... That would soon go away because the recession hit just a couple short years later. And when the recession hit, I felt like I had been doing all of the personal finance things that I learned to do, yet I didn't have the wisdom to really be prepared for such a time like that. Right. I owned real estate and I had investments and I had things, but it just wasn't balanced appropriately. And I mean, the recession was a big deal. So I went from that seven figure business to about a year and a half later, scraping up change. So I had become passionate about financial education, but you mentioned the bathroom floor. Yeah. The day that I had to chase the power man down and beg him to put the lights back on and my daughter's milk was spoiled. And this is after coming home to yet another eviction notice like several months in a row in my little teeny tiny apartment that I lived in after my home foreclosed. Like, I was literally at the point of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And even what I was hearing, like the personal finance education that I was hearing and even the stuff I used to say to people, it did not apply. I was like, (laughs) you're assuming that I'm here. And right now I'm trying to make a choice between do I buy milk Or do I pay the light bill? Like a lot of Americans, even people who may have education and know better, and oh, I have degrees and I have all these things. When life happens, you can still find yourself in a place going, what the heck am I supposed to do? And that's where I was in 2009.
1: Hey, Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, How to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. Let me step back because I'm so fascinated by... Here you are, you have a seven-figure business. Mm-hmm. You're teaching about money and finance. You have investments mm-hmm. and real estate. I know the 2008 not happened, but what would you have done differently if you had to do it again? Well, the scripture that changed everything
2: for me was Proverbs 17:16. It's the scripture that I found when I was on the bathroom floor. And it said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom? And what I would have done sooner was seek wisdom. I would have sought wisdom. So I grew up in a Belizean American home, like single mom, single grandma. I grew up with the like, you figure it out. You keep people out your business. Like you just make things happen. You have to lone wolf it. You have to lone wolf it. And so when that's the mentality, nothing in me thought about asking for help. Nothing in me thought about where can I get support? I internalized everything. And for so long, I was willing to just suffer in silence. People really didn't know what was going on with me. And so what I would have done differently was ask for help sooner. Yeah, I would have been more honest about where I was. And we all know, especially with money stuff, there's so much shame. There's so much embarrassment. Like, for me, I felt guilty. How could you do this when you were the one that made it? Like, you were supposed to be taking the whole family to the promised land. And look yeah. at you. Like... Everyone was rooting for you. I felt like I didn't just let myself down. I now have a new baby. Why would I bring a baby into this world, in this scenario? Like, there are all these thoughts going on. So if I had to do it over again, I would have got help sooner. I'd have been more honest and transparent and said, like, I don't know what I don't know. Because I could have got out of it, I think, sooner, quicker, faster, had I been honest.
1: Maybe it wouldn't have even gotten so bad. Yeah. It's gotten help sooner. Yeah. You're the host of a podcast called Redefining Wealth. How do you define wealth? So I define wealth the
2: way the 12th century definition read. It's the condition of well-being. Oftentimes when we see or hear or think about wealth, we think about the surface level definition, right? So we're in a money (laughs) space where I think a lot of us would define it as, oh, an abundance of money and material possessions because that's what we hear. That's what we see. Shortly after my bathroom floor moment, And when I was looking up the difference between knowledge and wisdom, I also really got into like, well, what is wealth really and what is rich and all this stuff. And when I really dug deep and saw that the original 12th century definition of wealth was the condition of well-being, it's like something like dropped in my stomach, like thinking about my life up until that point. Yes, I had a lot of monetary financial success, but I start to think about my relationships. They have been bankrupt. I was a good person, but I was so focused on building my business that if you could not help me build my business, I did not have time for you on the weekends because I was in my hustle and grind. Yeah. Right. I wasn't physically well. I was ignoring A lot of things in my body that manifested by the time I ended up on bed rest with my daughter. Right. Like, but what do people do? You're on your hustle and grind. So we ignore symptoms. We ignore. Oh, I wear fatigue like a badge of honor. Like, of course, I'm tired. I'm on my hustle and grind. Sleep when you die. Sleep when you die. There's so many parts of my life that I was really not honoring. I was not well. And when it came time to, like, rebuild, I always tell people I was not looking at a budget every day. I was not looking at my credit report every day. That definition changed everything for me. I didn't call it the six pillars of wealth back then, but I started to say to myself like, where can you become more well? And when I start looking at that, that is what got me back into working out, paying more attention to what I was eating mentally. Like, am I really well? Like, what am I feeding myself? What am I listening to? What am I allowing in my spirit? Some of these things are why I have limiting beliefs about what's possible for me. I started to shift those things. I started to honor relationships more. I started to put boundaries in place. I started to not have drive-by faith, which was like, oh, I'm going to do a quick two-minute devotional. I started to put like my time, like my quiet time, on the calendar just as much as everything else. I started to honor and respect my space. All of those things later became what I now call the six pillars of wealth. But those are the things I actually focused on, and a byproduct was the way that I processed life started to change. Like I started to see opportunities and possibilities where once I did not see because I was so focused on what I was in. I couldn't look up. Like I couldn't look around and see that maybe this was happening for me and not just to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the beginning. And that is still to this day how I live my life. I live my life by the pillars. I show you my phone right now. My calendar is set up by the pillars. So what are the six pillars of wealth? So the first pillar is fit. It's about becoming your best self. I talk about being mentally and physically prepared for what you say you want. Many of us are praying for things that we're not really prepared to walk into. The second pillar is people. It's about creating relationships that matter personally and professionally. For me, a lot of that is like creating boundaries, like creating sacred time for the people that matter most, honoring and respecting people. It's not about, oh, you have a million followers or you have this. Like I go off energy and people's spirits and that's how I live my life. Like, so there's that. And one of the things I just want to say there for somebody who's watching, and I know you need this with the people pillar, how my business has been built and how my success this time around has been built is understanding that there's always someone watching who has the power to bless you. Mm -hmm. But who are they watching you be? I love that. Who are they watching you be as you move through life, right? And that is the reason that I'm even here. That's the reason that I'm on the show. It's not because I'm putting on, like, some appearance, like, when a camera is on. I'm the same way. I met you yesterday, like, right? I'm the same way when there's no one else in the room and there's just two or three of us as I am if I'm on the stage and there's thousands. And that people pillar and understanding that has game changer for me. The third pillar is space. It's about setting up your life to support you. So that's like the energy in your space. Like, you know, is that really set up to support what you say you want? The fourth pillar is faith. It's about believing in something greater. I don't try to police what people believe in, but if you say you believe in something, make time to practice it. It should be a part of how you navigate life. The fifth is purpose or work. It's about living your life's purpose because I believe living in your purpose helps you better set your priorities and therefore your personal finances fall in alignment. You don't have to mismanage money because you are doing something that fulfills you. Yes. Most of us mismanage because we're unfulfilled. And then the sixth pillar is where I finally talk about money. So I've been known as America's money maven for over a decade, and I barely talk about money. But I want people to clean up all the other parts of their lives that impact their finances, even when they're not thinking about it.
1: Hey, Goddess, are you self-managing your properties? I want to tell you about Rent Ready. It's a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone, collect rent online and get paid, Find the perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using rent Ready's app too. They can pay rent using their cards, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance, and even build their credit score. What's awesome is that RentReady is unlimited and flat price. No tricks or hidden fees. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to our real estate investor goddesses podcast listeners. You can get Rent Ready's annual plan for only $54 at rentready.com when you use our special code goddess. That's r e n t r e d i.com with code g o d d e s s. Go to rentready.com to get Rent Ready's annual plan for the special goddess price of only $54 flat fee. And thanks to Rent Ready for being our awesome sponsor. So you were talking about before one of the things you would have done differently mm-hmm. is seek advice, get some help I have a few questions for you about advice. What's the best life advice you've ever gotten? The best life
2: advice I've ever gotten. Oh, Lord, I'm always learning something. One thing that comes to mind, Monique Coleman, she's an actress from High School Musical. She was on the Redefining Wealth podcast with me. And she said that someone told her that your business will only grow to the extent you're willing to heal. Your business will only grow to the extent you're willing to heal. Every time I feel stuck or stagnant in some way, I tap back into that and go like, what childhood trauma am I not addressing here? Because you can do all the personal development you want, like in the world. But as you ascend to new levels, you will realize that you have limiting beliefs that have been in the background that you didn't even know. Right. And it's not until you step into a new space or you want to go to a new level or you want to try a new thing. And you have that little voice in the background that's kind of running while you do or don't do things. So every time I think about that or I go, why are you making this hard? Why are you making this complicated? It's
1: an invitation to heal.
2: It's an invitation to heal over and over and over again. And so many of us have normalized so many of our life experiences that. We just think like, oh, I'm going to die this way. And we don't have to live that way. So that's one that I find myself using and looking at over and over and over again. And what's the worst advice? You could give somebody. Oh, I know that one off the top. So I had a mentor (laughs) who loved me dearly and was very, very, very successful in his realm. And I remember going to him in 2010 or 11 and saying, hey, I'm like going to write a book. I had got off the bathroom floor. I started a blog. Then that blog got me writing for other blogs and then eventually for magazines. And I was starting to build my own little following in Atlanta. And people would always ask me when I would go out and speak, do you have a book? Do you have a book? So I was like, it's time for me to write a book. So I go and meet with him and I'm telling him my idea. And he stops me in the middle. Like, I'm so proud of what I'm saying, right? And he stops me in the middle. And he's like, do you have 10,000 Twitter followers? at this time and I was like no and he's like well who's supposed to buy that book and I felt so like deflated oh And I remember going home that day like, man, okay, I got to get on my Twitter follower game. At the time, I may have had like 2,000 Twitter followers. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it took me years to get these 2,000. Like, it'll be years before I can write this book if I have to wait to get 10,000 Twitter followers. And I remember that day I went to sleep early. Like, I was done with the day. I was like, oh, this day has taken me out. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, screw that screw that like he's not there when people are coming up to me at the end of like a talk and saying do you have a book like he's not there when I'm looking at other moms who are trying to figure it out and I now have information and I know something that could be a blessing to them like he's not there and I went ahead and I published my first book in 2012 I would write three books and do very very well with those three books before I ever hit 10,000 Twitter followers And I always tell people, like, I do believe in seeking wise counsel. People who love you will try their best to, to like, protect you, and they don't want you to fail. But at the end of the day, we have to reject any advice that's not in alignment with our assignment. I know what I felt led to do, and that's what I was supposed to do. Mm. Didn't matter if you see it. I'm not asking you for validation. Seeking wise counsel does not mean that you're looking for validation. I don't need anyone else to give me permission to do what I feel I need to do in my belly. Yes. And so now he's so proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) He's so proud of me. He tells me all the time. And that was like the worst advice, but the best thing that could have happened because it taught me to trust my voice.
1: Trust your own knowing. I love that. So I know that you get asked to do TV a lot. Yeah. And you said you said no all the time. Most of the time. But there was a knowing in you that said, say yes to this opportunity. Yes. Which is Opportunity Knocks. So can you tell us about Opportunity Knocks? What was it that made you say yes? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so Opportunity Knocks is a new show that'll be on PBS this fall. And I'm one of three Opportunity coaches. So essentially we go into people's homes all over the country and we help them like restore their financial dignity. Like many of us who are on the show have come through some type of financial storm or challenge and so we go in and just allow these families to know that you don't always have to be here in this space and that there is opportunity for you to grow but just not like survive but thrive and i said yes to this show because when i got on the zoom with the creator and the producers and all that and they were describing the fact that this particular show is not just more of the same it's not more of the like oh here's what you need to go do but now we're gone yeah. This show was here's an example of what can be done. But now you can go to this tech tool, essentially. It's called the Opportunity Finder. You can put in your address, you can select whatever your needs are, and you can find nonprofit and not for profit. CDFIs in your community, community development financial institutions in your community who specialize in helping people who need it the most. And the reason that I was really resonated with it, because when I was listening to the whole thing, I was thinking back to 2009. And I was like, golly, if I would have had something like this, I may not have ever had to get to the point where I was on the bathroom floor like this. I could have found resources and support Sooner, quicker, faster. And from organizations that are designed to not let me wallow in my shame and guilt and embarrassment. And for me, it just felt like when I think about younger Patrice or before everyone else knew me as America's money maven, I just think about like if I would have had that, what could have happened sooner for me? And so I took the opportunity because my whole mantra is chase purpose, not money. Like, let's be real, like some of the TV gigs that I've been offered were way more lucrative, but they didn't feel purposeful. So it went back to that, like, what's aligned with me? What feels right in my spirit? It just felt right. It felt right to just be aligned with something that I believe will really help everyday families. And not just like what a Band-Aid, Yeah. but like real transformation.
1: From this season that you've done, of a family, like how did the show help them? Like where were they before? How did it help them? And how can it help somebody who's at home that's going through a similar fate. Well, one of the things that I
2: love about how they casted the show is I think you will see yourself in one of the six families like for this first go round. So everything from a single mom who just moved from New York down to Florida or a couple, a family who are ministers in Lake Charles, Louisiana, who have went through those back to back storms and Tried to rebuild and then had everything wiped out, and then they were taking care of the people in their church. Couple in Chicago, I believe it is, or Philly, like they're who are trying to save money so that they can start a family. So there's a bigger purpose here to why they need to get their finances in order. There were just so many different stories, but the family that I supported. In Lake Charles, Louisiana, they were able to work with the CDFI, the Community Development Financial Institution, and they were able to get their bills down by $800 a month. That's life-changing. That is life-changing. Yeah. Girl, what? I remember when an extra $250 would have made all the difference, like for me in 2009 and 2010. So now with that additional $800, now we can talk about, well, what do I do with it? Mm. A lot of times the advice that we want to give people are just not there yet because they're trying to like get the basics down. Yeah. And again, that's what I love about the show is like everyone is unique. Everyone is different. Our backgrounds are different. Our experience is different. The credit scores don't tell the whole story. Right. And what I love about these community partners that you can find through the opportunity finder is that you're gonna to talk to real people who are gonna help you navigate your story and what makes sense for you. So every family on the show was helped completely differently because they had so many different backgrounds, but overwhelmingly it was about helping them save more money each month and then redirect that to what it is they actually want, what they wanna do. Beautiful.
1: So one last question before we go to our end of show, Trinity. So Trinity is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. Yeah. So my question is, what advice would you have for a woman who's maybe not on the floor, things are balanced, but is wanting to create wealth Mm -hmm. in the broad sense that you define? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give her?
2: I would say to be radically honest about where you are and what you say you really want. I think a lot of times we are trying to police ourselves based on like what we should do, what we should want and how it should look. And I turned 40 last year and there's something about a woman turning 40. Like I turned 40 last year and that was like such a moment for me to just go, Be radically honest, like, if you were not worried about what other people would think or what anyone would say, like, what does it really look like for you? So for me, in each one of these pillars, I've been able to identify this is what wealth looks like for me. That's why my book is Redefine Wealth for Yourself. Yeah. So in the fifth pillar, what does that look like? I'm not the little rail thin girl I used to be. I turned about 35 and things just start coming on, right? (laughs) I was attached to a number on the scale, but that number didn't always mean that I was healthy. Yeah. So now in this season of redefining wealth, looking at the fit pillar, what does that mean for me mentally and physically? On my relationships, what does wealth look like for me? And if I let myself get honest, that's a part of why I ended up getting a divorce. But the reason that many of us are not radically honest is because then we have to deal with what comes after you tell yourself the truth. Yes. And once you like tell yourself the truth, you have decisions to make. And I would say to any woman who's listening or watching this, give yourself permission to get radically honest and then be bold enough to do what comes up. Yeah. It will be bumpy. It will be bumpy, but, but worth it. But the end
1: is so worth it. It is. It's so worth it. Yeah. Okay. So now it's time for our trinity. This mm-hmm. is a brag. So first we start with the brag. What are, you, what are you celebrating? What's your brag? What's one brag? One brag I'm
2: celebrating that I have a 15-year-old child who loves her mama, and I love her. And I brag about that because so many people will say, oh, what's it like having a teenager? I know it's not easy. No, my brag is that when people used to say that, oh, when she's a teenager, you're going to hate her, I used to say, I don't receive that. Mm -hmm. And even at 15 years old, I can still say, I don't receive that. I brag that I have a good kid, and it's a joy and a pleasure raising her.
0: Oh,
1: well bragged. And what is one thing you're grateful for?
2: I am grateful that I get to do meaningful work and create what I hope will be lasting impact in the lives of so many people. Because I'm not perfect and I'm full of flaws. And even in the midst of that, I could still be used. And I'm
1: grateful that I can still be used. Mm, beautiful. And last but not least, what's one desire?
2: One desire... I don't know why I sang that, you guys, but let me see. (laughs) Desires should be sung. (laughs) One desire. Yeah. Just to travel more and enjoy even what's here in my backyard. Like, every place that I go to, I desire to, like, really get to know it, not just say, oh, I've been there because I went through the airport. Right. That's a desire, is to enjoy more, like life. Yeah.
1: So shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This was amazing. So good. So good. So y'all check out Patrice on Opportunity Knox, which will be, where can you find the show? PBS stations all over the country beginning in October, or you can also go to OpportunityKnox.net. All right. And is that where people can find the opportunity finder too? That's where, yeah. So if if you find yourself looking for support from community resources, you can find that all there. Yep. So amazing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Definitely subscribe and join us next time for another Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast interview. Bye-bye.
0: You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.